Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherman. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. This is episode 107, 107. Hope everybody is staying safe and staying inside out there and doing well. It will all be over soon. I just know it. But I'm so pumped about this one, guys. It features my man, John Lynx. Now, John Lynx is an incredible DJ producer, guys, and I'm such a big fan of his productions. His style took me back to my original days of loving electronic music, 2011 to 2013. The Avicis, the Alessos, the Sebastian Ingrosso's. This guy makes heat, and it's so emotional, and it was so awesome to talk to him about his productions and his influences and how he collaborates with singers. He is really, really well-versed, though, in the industry, guys. He's got a ton of experience. We talked about how different cities around the world have different genre preferences, and it was awesome to get his perspective from a guy who actually is DJed in a lot of different cities. We also talked about his record label, Careless Records, which is a very, very prominent and popular Chicago music label here with a slew of awesome releases. And they just started Careless Dark, which takes a deeper dive into the progressive house and tech range. And I'm so excited to see what that label does in the future. But without further ado, guys, let's get into it right now. This is episode 107 with John Lynx. How are you, how are you doing? How's everything going? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, I got a day job in logistics, so that's been pretty busy. Um, so, you know, doing what I can to just, like, keep my mind off what's really going on. But doing interviews, keeping my podcast going, I've yeah, never had good. more to talk about. Nice, man. Well, good, man. I'm just, you know, always keeping busy, man. That keeps everything, you know? Especially yeah. in this day and age, man. It's oh my gosh. You're normal. <laughs> I know, and it's like we woke up and it was a whole new world, right? It wasn't like, oh, this is gradually happening, like, Kind of it did, but mm-hmm. it, there's been a lot of big changes. I was just yeah. kind of really thinking deep about it this week since it's been about a month or so. And, you know, it's reality. And um, although I do think it's it's tough, tough hit on the music industry, it is the great equalizer. Yeah. You know, like anybody who was doing really well in the touring life, right? Like they're they're put back on the same the same stool as everybody else. So very true. There's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. But. It's important we all help each other out, man. For sure, man. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. What about you? How you been keeping busy? Um, well, um, you know, me and um, a couple other guys that are with Careless Records, we are starting a new sister company label. It's um, Careless Dark. Um, okay. It's focused more on the, um, you know, the darker, deep, melodic, tech, dark, just stuff. Kind of like an Anjuna Deep. Yes. If you want to put it like that. So Absolutely. we're working on that a lot. Um Great. I do a lot of film score and television. So, um, you know, the, unfortunately, everything is stopped process. So they're not doing anything. So I've had a lot of time on my hands, you know. Yeah. They shut down production completely on in all of Hollywood, everywhere. So all the film scores and all the um, shows that I've picked up, um, unfortunately, it's all on a halt. So, um, you know, it's given me a lot of time on my hands, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. That licensing and syndication game is really, really interesting, though. It's a whole different side of music that I think a lot of producers, at least DJ producers, don't think about. You know, there's a lot of money to be made out there, too. So props to you. How long have you been doing that for? Like, oh, actually? Um, 15 years. Really? Yeah, I've been doing a long time, man. That's kind of <laughs> where I'm at. That's that's my bread and butter. I mean, yeah, I do a lot of uh, producing for, for other artists as well. Okay. But, um, I mean, film score and television is... Is, is a big part of my life <laughs> that's so, awesome man yeah you a so, big movie guy then um you got the movie yeah, theater i mean i am i'm a pretty right big movie guy especially this time man i mean i'm doing nothing but you know just binging on netflix man you know <laughs> i know what have you been watching um let's see what i'm on now i'm on ozark um obviously everybody in the world has probably watched tiger king man i um, haven't i haven't dude I'm really all, dude oh I, my god man i'm surprised everybody <laughs> in the world has like watched it and they're talking about this show man it's, it's i know it doesn't even seem real man like people are like that but it is <laughs> no, it's true man i well I've, I've like i said i've been busy but i gotta watch it man it's everybody's like i feel like i almost understand the show through memes that's like mm -hmm. this day and age <laughs> You can understand what's going on in pop culture through what's on Instagram memes the most. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. You liked it, though? Um, yeah, it was interesting, man. It's kind of like you watch <laughs> the first episode and you're just hooked, man. You watch the first and then you're like, all right, man, I'll watch the second. Before you know it, in two days' time, you finished it, you know? So, um, but, I mean, what have I been doing, man? Um, God, I mean, I'm working on – I mean, this gives me time. I'm working on a new track, um, mm -hmm. so I should have that out in maybe the next uh, month or so um i'm working with a vocalist right now on it so we'll see where that goes so that should be coming up in the future um this careless dark with uh, alex kislov that's gonna release shit we gotta release tomorrow man that we're um yeah for um this one guy out of uk his name is static disco cool. um it'll it drops actually tonight at midnight so um we've we're excited about that. We got some good stuff coming up, man. You know. Congratulations! Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get into Careless and, and uh, you said Careless Dark. What's it called? Yeah, exactly? Careless Dark. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of people uh, kind of exploring the the darker side of of house music now, right? Because mm -hmm. house music is is becoming more mainstream to a certain extent. You know, just with like the the touring DJs that play house music, how much bigger they've gotten in the past, you know, three five days. And people are wanting to know, all right, well, what else is in this realm? Because before I got into house music, like four or five years ago, I, was, I assumed it was all one thing, right? There's like techno and there's house. But right. we both know there's layers and layers below each of those genres. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, anything more commercialized, like um, that would be considered like careless records. You yeah. Know, so all like the stuff, I'm still working on careless records and doing some tracks like you know, all your Chainsmokers, your Zed, your Calvin Harris, all that stuff. It's very, very mainstream. Yeah. I even say Fisher nowadays is more mainstream. Right. That's what so, I mean. Um, anything like that will be on, on Careless Records. But if it's something dark, melodic, man, just real, like, it's going to take you on a journey. Yep. And it's totally something different than pop, EDM, mainstream. That's what's going to be Careless Dark, man. Okay. Something for people that want to be taken on a journey, you know? Yes, my man, absolutely. I know. It, people think it's cliche to say that, but it really is the best way to describe some types of music. Yeah, that's like kind of like going to spy bar at like two in the morning, man. That's <laughs> Paris Dark, man. You know what I mean? Oh, all right. Yes, I think I fully understand now. Yeah. Going to spy bar at 2 a.m., not like, <laughs> oh, I've been at spy bar since 10 p.m. Well, there you go, man. Actually, 4 a.m. Who knows, man? It's so late, man, you know? <laughs> 
you know? Lights on, yeah, lights yeah. on. It's careless light. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. awesome, man. Well, dude, I wish we could have done this in person. Um, I've been following you for some time now. You know, Alex Kislov is a good friend of mine. And um, yeah. ever since I saw Careless Records, since he released on it, I think it was Mystery is when I yeah. first discovered your guys' record label and, you know, started looking at you and Vincent more. Um, so first off, kudos to you for all you've done, man. And I know you are crushing it here in the Chicago scene, right? Careless Records is, is a household name here. So, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Um, but I wish we could have done this in person because I do have a lot of respect for you and I wanted to shake hands. So I guess we can do this. Yeah, man, for sure, dude. <laughs> shake hands, man. <laughs> I know, but I appreciate you taking some time. It means a lot. Yeah, of course, man. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, I appreciate you asking me to come on, man. You know, I mean, I, same thing. It's like, you know, I've just, I've heard about you. Alex has mentioned you. A right. lot of other people, Max, these other yeah. guys. So, um, you know, they've had nothing good things to say about you, but I've never had a chance to meet you, you know, face to face. But, um, you know, eventually when all this is past us, man, you know? <laughs> yeah, it always happens. After um, I had met somebody and we come on the podcast, we cross paths a lot more. I think it's just, it's the way the world works sometimes. So, I'm sure yeah. we will as soon as this is all over. Yeah, I'm def I'm trying to get back to LA. I mean, I'm ba I'm based here in LA. I'm in LA a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I do love Chicago, but I don't like the winters here, so I try to spend <laughs> as much time in this LA as I can. That's fair. Um, and all of my work is out there too. Um, but you know, Chicago is a beautiful city, man. I was born and raised in the burbs, so um Yeah. You know, I was um, going to ask where you actually originally from then? Chicago, Chicago land. Yeah, Chicago Burbs, man. Like over in like the Bolingbrook Plainfield area. Okay. So that's where I'm at now. Um, you know, it just gives me a lot more freedom to work. I'm, you know, it's more secluded. You know, more room, just a place to escape, man. You know what I mean? I love the city, man, and I love the city life, man. Is, you know, sometimes it's just, man, it's too much, dude. You know, if I was in the city and I was like living there, I don't think I'd sleep, man. I'd be out every single night, and that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. If I didn't have this day job, I probably would have lost myself at this point. I, I've, uh, I came from Indiana, and you know, I just wanted to get the opposite experience of what I grew up. And you know, I live downtown, and it, it's definitely a, an unbelievable place. But the winters are pretty brutal. I don't think anyone in Chicago will lie to you and say no, they're not bad. Because yeah, are. absolutely, man. Yeah, um, no, I, I see exactly where you're coming from, dude. And you know, I heard a lot of good things about this podcast too that you're doing. You know. Yeah. So I'm like episode, uh, 107, John, 107, bro. Really? Yeah. That is yeah. awesome, man. Very yeah. good. Been doing it for a long time. And uh, I swear every episode, I love it more and more. So it's been, it's been a great way to connect with people in the music industry, Chicago specifically too. Just uh, getting that, that real genuine connection with people that's outside of the club, you know, Hey, yeah. Yeah, let's take a shot. Right. Like actually to sit down and talk with people and, and understand their story has been so rewarding for me. So it's it's great timing because in my mind, you're a very successful artist and I hope you think the same too. Um, I was taking a look back through all your music, man. Like that is like my bread and butter, why I got into electronic music. Like when I was in college, um, Avicii Levels had just come out in 2011, right? You know, obviously yeah. the, the foundation of, of many different genres, but I, you know, got deeper, like you were talking about with Careless, Carol is dark, right? Like I was like, there's more, there's more, I need more. And I got super into, you know, the progressives like Alesso, the Matisse and Sacco, uh, Dub Vision, Thomas Gold. Um, you know, your music is very emotional, lyrically driven, um, powerful ballads. Your melodies are awesome. 
but it's very unique in and of itself. For those that don't know your music, and they will soon, what would you consider your genre? Um, progressive house, um, mm-hmm. our big room type stuff. Um, yeah, I do a lot. You know, I do a lot of um, work with um, Nicky Romero. Okay, so, like he's supporting all my stuff. Um, I've been working with him for some time now, man. Before yeah. I came out and did it on my own, um, that guy's a huge inspiration. He's very, very talented. Yeah. Um, he's actually helped uh, Vici out when um, he first started out. So, yeah, you know, getting support by him and Hardwell and, you know, some other guys out there. I mean, that's the kind of music that I'm making. And I love to make that because it's emotional for me. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I want to switch it up a little bit, man, and get a little dark. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm still doing that. Um, the newest release that I'm going to be releasing is that Alesso's uh, Progressive House Big Room Feel. Mm-hmm. Um but again, I'm going to be making a lot of stuff that is a little bit on the darker side as well. I mean, dude, I've been doing this for some time now. I started off with like old school guys, like the guy who founded DJ International. Um, his name is Rocky Jones, mm-hmm. and he pretty much made house music. They started the warehouse. They started with Frankie Knuckles. Yeah. They started with all these old school guys, man. And that's kind of where I learned my way was from this guy. You know, he's kind of like a mentor. And, it's cool to have him around, and nobody really knows who he is nowadays because all the younger generation. Yeah. But if anybody was ever to Google like Rocky Jones and DJ International, they'll see exactly where house music started, and it was cool just to be a part of that man with him around, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask, you know, you growing up in Chicago, what was it like for you in that day and age, really, with the the kind of the birth of house music? I mean, how influential was it at that time, and how influential is it still for you now? Um. It's still very, you know, influential. It has been. Um, it was exciting back then, but a lot of people are sampling stuff. They don't even know what it is. <laughs> so they'll take a house track and they'll say, you know, they won't know who it is or what it is. They'll just get it off of like Splice or something. Yeah. And um, they'll be like, this is really dope. And then I'm, I hear it. I'm like, that was this track like in back in 1993 or 94. So it's like, they know it, but they don't know it. So, you know, it's really cool to actually know this stuff when it originally came out, as opposed to like sampling and not knowing the history of it. I think it's so cool that, you know, there are so many tracks out there that are still getting sampled, you know, so people can hear them again, just in a different version. So true, especially in popular house music nowadays, you know, the defecteds and the sewer rooms of the world, like those labels certainly do have respect for the, the roots, but, um, I, I love disco. I grew up on disco. My dad's from, you know, my dad's from Queens. My mom's from Baltimore and they grew up in the disco era, you know, the oh, 60s, wow. the 60s and 70s and the early 80s. And all that stuff was always playing, you know, in the car, in the house. And when I hear some music nowadays that seems to be remixed or reformatted, it's like, oh, uh, that's an original song from yeah, 30 years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the ones that are remixing it have no idea where it's coming from. So, you know, I just find that funny, you know. So it's cool that they're on it. But, you know, the the history that, you know, is behind it is is something else, man. You know, and a lot of this stuff has come from Chicago. And I love that about the city. Absolutely. Were were your parents musical? Because, I mean, your music theory is obviously extremely, extremely talented. I mean, when did you learn to actually play piano or, you know, when did you play? Yeah, I've been playing the piano since I was eight years old. Wow. So and then I was learning to read for that. Um, And, you know, I went to um, music school for four years. So I learned I studied music theory, um, you know, layering, reading sheet music, you know, putting everything together. And that's kind of where the film score came in. But, Mm -hmm. dude, I've been like DJing music since there were 1200 technique turntables, man. (laughs) You know, and a freaking. 
Huh? What was your first piece of equipment that you had? Man, dude, I had like a freaking crappy ass Gemini hand-me-down mixer. And uh, we're uh, it's a couple of 1200 techniques where I had to always put a quarter on the freaking needle, man, because it would skip if I didn't, you know? <laughs> That's scary, <laughs> so, though. Yeah. But you know what? I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think that just gives people more of a background to bust their butt, man. You know, work harder, you know, for what they've got. And I've always been humble, man. I've come from humble beginnings. My father came from Germany, man. Yeah. So, like, you know, that whole Euro um, progressive house that's overseas. Um, it's funny. A lot of people don't really listen to that too much in Chicago. A lot of things, a lot of it's tech house. You know, a lot of it's underground in Chicago. Yeah. So the music I'm making is, you know, the fan base isn't as big in Chicago as it is, like, over in Italy or freaking France or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So even you, I mean, when you tell me a lesson all that, I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. You're liking this stuff because... <laughs> <laughs> I go to clubs in Chicago. I just don't hear that anywhere unless Nikki Romero or somebody's coming to prison, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely one in a million these days, at least in Chicago. I mean, there's a huge wave, you know, there in 2013 through 2013 in the United States. And then it kind of boiled over to a certain extent, except for those legends, you know, the Alessos. And even nowadays, like and Nikki Romero has a dark side, too, with some of yep. some of the music he produces. So I, I love hearing you say that. But myself a lot of my friends we just we live and die man for those melodic breakdowns and build-ups like that was like my first you know when you put the you put your arms out at the, at the festival and you're like yes and everybody's yeah. jumping up that i sent that the track that i shared today actually to my friend who's one of my longest friends and uh he was like oh yeah this is that true progressive right here yeah man so, it's it is crazy how differently it's received throughout the world. And some people who start off in the United States, their fan base is actually in different countries, right? Yep. United States is, is a different type of market to break into, to really blow up. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that 100 percent. It's it's um, it's you know, a lot of people are they, they said the term progressive house is dead, but it's not. And no. it just depends where you're at, because. Yeah. There's these younger guys that I've talked to um, not too long ago. Their name, uh, they go by the name of Sick Individuals. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're crushing stuff right now, man. And yeah. they're doing a lot of the same stuff I'm doing. So Progressive House isn't dead. It's just, you know, you have to know where you're at and when to play it. And that's just the biggest key. And it's, you know, if I'm doing a, a set in Chicago, to be honest with you, I'm doing a lot of my own remixes mm -hmm. of hip-hop tracks, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of deep house, you know, mixes what I'm doing, remixes of uh, hip hop songs right now. So, cause that's what's going on in the clubs, man. You know, yeah, so you I just know. gotta know where you're at to play what you want. <laughs> Fact. And you know what? You gotta keep making your own music. If you want to be those Nicky Ramirez and play your type of music, that's just how it goes, man. Like yeah. to be in, in a place like Chicago where it, it is so saturated and it's so competitive in, in terms of the talent, right? It's like even guys like yourself who are truly gifted producers still need to cater to the crowd in a city like this because it's a job to a certain extent, right? But yeah. when you become a headliner in a big city in the U.S., that's probably the biggest difference now that I'm thinking about it out loud. You can play a progressive set probably in Europe, right? And people will yep. love that. You could be the opener maybe. And in Chicago, it's like, what are you doing? Like, these people aren't yeah. for that. No. It's funny. I got away with it once at Prism. Um, it was um, this, this, you know, RV. Um, everyone yeah. knows RV in Chicago, man. Uh, it was his birthday party. So, um, you know, I was closing for him. Oh, and nice. Yeah, everyone was all wasted. So, but, you know, oh, as soon as I... Birthday? What's that? Was that on his birthday? Yeah, yeah. 
Nice. So, um, you know, I closed it out and I'm like, you know what? Everyone's having a good time. You know what? It doesn't matter, man. So I st- I had a progressive house that I played and everyone was going nuts. So the people that were there, man. So it, it was, it felt good to play the stuff that you want to play and the stuff that you were proud of making, you know? Absolutely. So, but, you know, that was probably the only time I was able to get away with that. <laughs> I'll try it again. But, you know, we'll see this with the atmosphere is and stuff, you know. I hear you on that, man. That's a funny story. Um, I mean, who are some of your biggest influences now? I mean, when you were really getting going, you know, you said you were making music for other people, collaborating. Was there some kind of a role model or maybe a mentor you had that you learned from? You went to music school. Who were some of the people that really pushed you to where you're at today? Oh, man, there's just uh, so many. I mean, gosh, let me think. That's a, You know what? People ask me that question, and I'm like, oh, I'll be prepared for that. But there's <laughs> just so many, man. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, um, this is non-EDM related, but, dude, Coldplay is, like, one of the better influences I've had. Those That's guys, you know, yeah. you know, Chris Martin is just a phenomenal genius, dude, when it comes to music writing. Um, you know, a lot of my influence has been, like, um, you know, there's a guy named Brian Tyler. Um, dude is a genius. He does film score and he does producing with EDM. Mm-hmm. He did a film score for the Avengers. Um, he does a lot of touring for, you know, the same music I'm making and Leso type stuff. Mm-hmm. He's really big in Hollywood and I've always looked up to that guy. He's just yeah. been a really big influence in my life. That's so, awesome. you know, I'll mention Brian Tyler, like, who the hell is that? But then <laughs> when they start Googling this guy, they're going to be like, wow, this guy is, is amazing. You know? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you know, Tiesto in his prime, he was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, he made a lot of good music back then. Um, Avicii, God rest his soul. I mean, that that kid was amazing at what he was doing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really have an age range back then. It's just certain individuals just really catch my ear when they start making sounds. And those were a few of them, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I vibe with you so much on that, John. I mean... One of the songs that really broke through for me was um, the uh, Starlight Don Diablo remix. You know, the original Auto Knows. Yeah, man. Wow. Okay. That's good, man. I'm deep. Yeah. I'm yeah. deep. I'm deep, Johnny. Trust me. I, I, I just by you saying that, man, it's it shows a lot. <laughs> I've got um, I've got a, a playlist that's kind of a guilty pleasure, progressive, and anytime I can whip that out, that's probably one of mine. So. I know what you mean by that stuff, right? It's like those early things that still make a difference today, but maybe you don't get the opportunity to think about them as much, but they're always in the back of the head, right? You know Whether what? You know- I have got to say one more guy, and I don't know why I didn't, because I know him really well, and I worked with um, the vocalist that he gave me, Armin Van Buren. Yeah. I mean, I can't forget him, man. Um, of course. You know, I met um, the vocalist who has been featured on two of my songs, Angel Taylor. Yeah. Um, she was on tour with him for his One Night Only a couple years back ago. Yeah. And um, she was like in the Netherlands with him doing some stuff. And then he gave me her, you know, he's like, hey, John, if you want a good vocalist, use her. So I've got two songs. My latest release, she's just uh, she's been on and um, the first release. So you might if you guys are listening man, check that out, it, it's definitely a good track. But yeah, Armin Van Buren is one of my guys right there. I like that guy. Love him. Man. So <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, 2019 was a big year for you, man. You had over 300,000 streams across 150K listeners. First off, congrats. That's Thanks, man. a huge amount. That's a dedicated amount. You've got over 20,000 Spotify listeners a month, I think. Um, I think so. You know what? I haven't even oh. checked that. I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm kind of curious myself. I'm a numbers You guy. did your research, man. I do. <laughs> Let's see what I've got. I don't even know. 
That's that's a good question, and I appreciate everybody too. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty-one thousand. That's yeah, great, that's, man. Nice. To me, those numbers are obviously impressive, but um, just with your type of music, you know, from a fan's perspective, you know, just like outside looking in, outside of a guy who does a podcast, outside of a guy who loves music, yeah, your music is something that people love and are committed to, right? You don't just like re release a song here and there. Like I can just tell from the conversation we've already had, you put your heart and soul in your music. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I know a lot of people are like, it, they're all about, I got to release some, I got to release some, I got to release some. Mm-hmm. But see, on the contrary to that, you know, release something, but make sure you're proud of it. And it's something that's going to be sustainable because, yep. you know, if you're releasing so much, people are going to be like, okay, they're so used to you releasing music. You know, if you don't spread it out to the other artists out there, you know, they're not going to be, you know, excited. You know, there's no buzz for it, you know, like, oh, it's another release. But if you're releasing something that you really take pride in, yeah, people are going to want to, like, get to it and, and listen to it. So be careful how much music you guys are releasing, you know, you know. Yeah. It just Absolutely. makes more sense to release something that, you know, is more passionate to you than having to worry about getting a release done at all, you know? Absolutely. What, what's your music-making process like? I want to get a little granular with this, you know. <clears throat> there, of course, from a, you know, I make my own music, and there are some days where one day just something comes, and you're like, wow, like, this happens so fast. And then there's other times where it takes months. I mean, you're absolutely right. That, right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. reason. Um, well, my music processing is um, very simple. Um, I don't do anything electronically. <laughs> I'll sit in front of my piano and I will bang out a melody. And once I have something that I wrote down, um, I'll put it on, you know, I'll put it on some sheet music, mm-hmm. those chords, get everything structured. Mm-hmm. Then I'll finally go to my DAW and start putting everything in. But I don't really do anything on the DAW until, you know, I'm done. So sometimes I'll sit in front of the piano for two hours and I'll have nothing. And then, you know, then I'll come back a day later or two and then I'll have something in 10 or 15 minutes. But everything is done on the piano first, you know, everything. Yeah, everything's done. What's that? You use FL Studio? I do. Yes. I I mean, God, I started on freaking Sony Acid and Cakewalk way back when. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, but right now FL Studio, just because some of the plugins on there for film scoring are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I don't use contact as much as I do um, Nexus. Nexus is great. They've got some really cool Hollywood sound packs in there. So FL Studio is great. You know, a lot of people like go back and forth, man, get rid of FL Studio, go to Ableton. It's really not about what you use it, man. It's about how you make your music, man. You know, that's what really counts. So I won't knock any DAW or anybody at what they're using. Do what you got to do. Just make good music, you know? Absolutely. I, that, that always comes up, too. And I, I love you saying that because everybody's got their toolbox, right? Like, we can all build a yeah. house. What tools, what tools you use to build it, that's up to you. And whatever you want to use to build it, fine. But just make a beautiful house, no matter how you get it done. A beautiful house. That's right, John. I love that, man. Yeah, I love man. That. For sure. <laughs> well, what, about, what about your collaboration process with the vocalists? You know, I've had people on that have never actually met these people in person and there are people who refuse to do it any other way. What, how have you done it in the past? That's a good question. Um, yeah. I kind of do it two ways. Um, that song, let me see which one I have working on now. Let me just kind of give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a track. Well, for instance, because of you, the song that I just released with Angel Taylor. Yeah. We think that we, we were in the studio in LA and um, I sat down in front of the piano and she was in the studio and I was making these chords for that song because of you. And yeah. she started singing on it and boom, it was done. 
And that was done two years ago, and we just released that. What? what? Yeah, or when did that come out? Sometime last month, I think. It's just yeah. the latest one. So I originally did that acoustically. Um, so that happened we were, when we were together collaborating. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll have the track done, and I'll send it off to somebody, and then they'll, you know, get it done with the vocals, give it to me back, the stems, and then, you know, I'll just put everything in there. Um I don't send my tracks off as an EDM version of it because one, I want a lot of headroom for the vocalist to work with. And sometimes EDM just can be a little too loud for headroom and it can kind of get mixed in when they're singing. Um, Another one is I try to strip it down as much as possible. So the artist, the vocalist can put their whole soul into it. Mm -hmm. And if it's an acoustic ballad version of it, um, I think they vibe more on that. And then I send it back to them with it's finished and then the EDM version, and they're just mind blown. They're like, it sounded nothing like what we did. You know, it was kind of a good treat for both of us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's really that raw and visceral experience too. Like from, uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of singer songwriters before, right? And some of them have never been in the EDM game now, especially since it's really, really blown up in terms of collaborations in the past five years or so. And yeah. they are just mystified by what people can do these days with electronic music. But that's really cool that you send it to them stripped down. So you mean just the bare essentials, the melody? Do you send them like any percussion in that? Like what's what's it look like when you send it to them? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, it'll um, it'll have a file of a piano mm-hmm. and maybe some strings to it and maybe yeah. a couple of drum hits and just maybe a little bit of a riser so they know when to come in. That's it. Wow. So it's just stripped down as much as possible. And I think a lot of the people I've worked with love it. Even the one track that you posted, uh, everything you need. Yeah. That was completely different. That was something that Mickey Shiloh did. And, uh, she's awesome, man. That girl gets no credit, man, but she's, she has wrote for LL Cool J for Beyonce for Lady Gaga, just everybody, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of people really like that song, but it, it didn't start like that. It was all stripped down. So it was a piano and some freaking strings, and she just nailed it. So yeah, Really good advice for anybody who wants to collaborate with singers out there, because in my experience, and you know, you have a lot more years behind you, but that's, that's beautiful, actually. That's like the true element of music is the connection with the song and the singer. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, once I get enough of these tracks done, I'm probably going to just come out with an EP with like an acoustic versions of a lot of these things. So, you know, you'll hear the other songs and you'll hear how they sounded when they actually got sent off to the vocalist. So, you know, really cool. And I like a lot of down tempo, chill type stuff, man. Um, A lot of people um, I ask them, I'm like, you know, when they come to the studio and we work on stuff, I'm like, what was the last thing you listened to? You're in your car, you know? And, you know, I just want to hear what they're, you know, what they're listening to. What were you listening to on the way to work? What were you listening to now? You know, a lot of people are like, um, you know, Green Velvet or this or that. Yeah. Um, I just, dude, I'm listening to freaking Hans Zimmer, Cornfield Chase, you know what I mean? <laughs> like something that, you know, they're like, well, that I didn't expect that. And that's what it's all about, man. You know, I don't like to listen to a lot of EDM because that's all I'm doing all day is making it. So, you know, I'll listen to Queen, man. You know, I'll listen to like old classic rock, dude. You know, yeah. I'll listen to anything but EDM, man. I just get a little, you know, I just want to get out of that, you know, area when I'm not producing it. Sometimes I need a break from it, man. You know, I totally agree. Even when it comes to like a day of a show for me or <laughs> going to another show, I refuse to listen to that type of music. People are like, let's put it on their set. Yeah. Or I'm just like, no, like, let's just go in fresh, man. Like, there you go, man. 
you got yeah. it. And I, I do that too. And I think that's an interesting thing about making music, right? Like it is important that it's not for us. It's important to find the, the line between working hard and being motivated, but also not pushing yourself to exhaustion and stress because no creativity comes out of that. No, dude, you are a smart man <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> because I mean, I'm telling you, I've been in the car and you're and the same in the same boat. They're like, hey, let's put on so-and-so set. I'm like, no. man, honestly, the last set I listened to was lane eight, man. And it was so chill, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's great. Just background music too. Yeah, man. I mean, that I can just listen to all day long, but mm -hmm. you know, um, some like tech house and, and I'm all for it. Trust me. I like it. I love any kind of music. I'll never knock any, anything. Mm -hmm. Um, not even hip hop. I won't, I won't knock it. There are some, there is some hip hop that I love. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, you know, again, you know, like you, you need a break from it before you actually go and rage or whatever, man. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I totally agree. Well, let me ask you, John, out of all the songs that you produced, is there one that means the most to you? Um, probably this last one, man. Um, yeah. Just because of the way it happened, because we both were in the studio when it happened together. Um, the lyrics she put behind it was kind of what the story I was telling her about, you know, going through life, going through people who are in your life. And, you know, it's because of you that, you know, you've done this and that. And hence yeah. why the song is called Because of You, you know. So, yeah, this last one is pretty good. You know, I love that, man. Yeah, it really is a great track. Like there's some songs that you listen to and, you know, you hear. And then there are some songs you listen to and you feel. And mm -hmm. I had heard that. Um, I had heard the track when it came out and then just listening to it again today. I was like, man, like there's something there's something that went into this song that was a little bit deeper. So almost not surprised that you said that because it is such a powerful track. Yeah, she really put her heart and soul in that, and I think I did too. And, you know, when you get something you're so passionate about and love and it comes together, that makes a good song, man, you know? I love that. I love it, man. I want to ask you about Careless Records, and we can get into Careless Dark too, but when did Careless start? What's what's the deal with the name? Who's involved? You know, tell us the origin. Yeah, sure, man. Um, well, I did A&R. It's been in records for a while mm -hmm. when it was first getting off the ground. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of the kids that were getting signed to that label – um, I seen a lot of things going on. Um, that was before it got bought out for five hundred million dollars, I think, yeah. last year. Um, <laughs> but there was a lot of things going on, so I was doing a lot of A and R. I was doing a lot of like producing, helping this guy out. Mm -hmm. And the kids he was bringing in, I just felt that they weren't getting a fair deal. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Um, I want to start my own label and make sure everyone gets a fair deal out there, man. And they're getting treated the way they should. Awesome. You know. So that's kind of what started this whole, you know, record label of Careless Records. Now, you know, Careless Records is kind of a broke down, like, care less. Because we, you know, when I came up with the label, I, I just don't really care what people have to say. I want to make music and just have fun. So we could yeah, really care, you know. So care less means we could really care less what other people think. Mm -hmm. We just want to go out there, make our own music, and have people hear it and have a good time. So Awesome. Yeah. You know, record, man, the record industry is so freaking brutal, man. I've been doing it for so long. It just... <laughs> There's so many politics going on. Yeah. Um, you know, people change you in the industry. So, you know, they're going to tell a kid who first came in who's super talented. Years later, he's not even that same kid because they're controlling everything he's doing, what he's putting out, who he's working with, how he's dressing, how he's talking, how he's, you know, carrying himself. You know, we don't want that, man. We want people to come here and be happy and never change and just, you know, make good music that they want to do. Yeah. So that's how careless records came about um and when did it start 
it only started, I think it was in 2018, man. It's not even that old. So, yeah. you know, we, you know, we, people think we've been around for a while. We haven't, we are just getting started. <laughs> um, we have, we have a good catalog. We've got about 35, 36 tracks under our belt right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got a lot more that are, you know, are going to be released soon. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got good people behind us. Um, you know, Alex Kislov is on careless records and yep. He's a phenomenal kid, very talented, young, up-and-coming artist. Yeah, he's, um, awesome. he's a hustler. He busts his butt every, at everything he does. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, he's, you know, somebody that you want to have on your team. So, you know. <laughs> I agree. So there, there are a few people that I really just um, gel with really good in the studio. And he's one of them, you know. He, um, he's got some really good ideas. And every time we're in the studio, I think we make some really good stuff happen. Yeah, a big shout out to Alex Kislov and Harvey too, man. I, I'm yeah. actually, I've been um, in touch with them almost daily um, for many different reasons, but I uh, I have so much respect for them. They are true Chicago guys in the sense that they give they give so much back to the city yeah. in a multitude of ways. So I, I, I love Alex's music and Harvey's such a, a, a go-getter. They both are, right? But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and Careless, it, it, you're you're right. Like, I thought it had been around for a long time because it has that that vintage feel of authenticity where it's legit. It's not just like, hey, we're a sound, we're a, you know, a label that we just have a SoundCloud page. Like, right. your releases are structured, how you promote is structured. It's interesting you said spinning because I definitely got the professionalism vibes of that at the very least. So... Props to you, man. Who's some artists that you love on the label that have released or are upcoming? Yeah. Um, you know, this kid is very underrated, um, but he's getting a big following. He's getting posted from all the big artists, man, like uh, Grizz and Elenium. They're reposting his covers, but Jason Leach is a pretty phenomenal artist. He's a good, talented artist. Um, you get a chance, check out some of his uh, remakes that he's doing. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of, like, covers, but they're good. <laughs> so yeah. he's got he's got something up and coming. Um Gosh, I mean, I don't even it's it's just unfair to say certain individuals when everybody on the label is great. You know what I mean? Right. Alex, is you, good. you release uh, your own music on Careless, too, right? I do. Mm-hmm. So yourself, you could say yourself, John, because I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just <laughs> modest, man. I love my stuff, but I love every anything, man. If it's good music, I'm going to listen to it, man. I don't care who's doing it, where they're doing it at, whether it's in their freaking room or in a million dollar studio over at crc in chicago I, I don't care man music is music man and if it's good stuff i'm gonna listen to it you know I'm, some of the best music comes out of your bedroom I, I i mean i can't stress that enough man yeah you, know, you don't need a big studio and when a lot of these kids are making these studios and they're like man my studio doesn't look cool enough man i gotta buy you know <laughs> a new controller and, and, and a, you know midi interface audio interface all that stuff you don't need it, man. You just yeah. need the knowledge to make music and, and know how to make it right. And look, man, your stuff will sell. Look at Billie Eilish, for instance, you know? Yeah. Her brother made all that stuff in his bedroom, man. It's you true. It's, so. it's, the, it's the level that we're at with music production. I always talk about how, you know, for your generation and my generation, right, like we had a lot of barriers to entry in terms of cost. You know, yeah. actually, like buying equipment, um, when it actually comes to music production now, like all you need is ripped Ableton and a laptop and good enough headphones. I mean, I'm pretty sure Skrillex produced some of his tracks off like, you know, a, a, a warped laptop and all this stuff, right? There are all that stories. And don't doubt it. 
Not it's permitted. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And there, you know, I, I'm not sure if you heard this guy Greco, um, but I just had him on last week and he was telling me about an 11 year old producer from Spain mm-hmm. who is making some of the best music he's ever heard in his life. And I think that just proves the fact that there really is no barrier at all nope. for music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only time I really need to go into the studio is if somebody is doing vocals on one of my tracks. But even then, I mean, a lot of times, like you said, you know, how do you do it? A lot of times I'll just send it off to a vocalist. They'll send it back to me. But if it's like if I'm in L.A. and that person's in L.A., I want to be in a session. But Mm. not necessary, man. But that's the only time really a studio is needed for some good vocals, man. A lot of these guys can do it on their own, you know, so they don't have to stress about that. You know, I've seen it done. So have you. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And, you know, with with this whole COVID crisis going on right now, there's kind of a line in the sand between people that are saying everyone's expecting great music to come out of this downtime. There's also the artists on the other side saying just because we have a lot of downtime doesn't mean that this is going to be inspiring for us to make music. Yeah. How how has that been for you and how are you kind of, you know, portraying what's going on? Oh, man, I hate it, to be honest with you. (laughs) I have no inspiration, man. Honestly. Um, The last song I did was for COVID-19. I put it on my um, social media. It was a, it was just a video I put together and, and, and a, like a film score type song of everything that's going on and the way I felt, man. I don't know if you heard it yet, but it is on my Facebook. So if you want to ever go check it out, it's a little depressing, <laughs> but it's just how I'm feeling, man. You know, you're good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as far as inspiration goes, I'll, I'll have it. I mean, I'm always going to have it as a musician and being creative, but like, I'll think about going sit down in the studio, but then I get there and I'm like, man, dude, I'm just I'll go watch Netflix or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. You know, so it's it's tough, man. It's just it's just the mind of a producer, I guess. You know? Absolutely, it's tough to be a yes man right now, and I I'm, I'm glad you said that for everybody who's gonna watch this. It's not like we said earlier. It's not that easy to just sit down and make a hit just because you have time. No, man, it's not. It's not, it's on the contrary. You know, you've got so much time, you're overthinking. You know, so that's again, I mean, I'll sit down in front of the piano or something. And it's why I like writing organic, because it just helps me easier. But even nowadays, it's just I'm not having too much inspiration, but I'm sure it'll come back soon. You know, absolutely. Always does. (laughs) Absolutely. John, I love that, man. And even though shows are on a hold right now, you know, with with all your productions is going to come shows, right? You've you've played at some of the best venues in Chicago, Prism and Tunnel, North Coast and Summer Camp on the Good Bus. Shout out to everybody on the Good Bus and the Good Team. Yeah, Um, man. What are, what are some of your favorite shows you've played in your career? Um, you know, the iconic Avalon in L.A. is awesome. Yeah, when did you play there? Um, was it in – Alex – was Alex with me? No, he was not. There was another kid named James Chesney. Um, oh, yeah, I know James, of course. Okay, yeah. Um, he went out to L.A. with me. I had to do the studio thing, and um, I had a set out there. And, um, you know, it was, was it two years ago. It was a, in 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I – uh, that was probably one of the best sets because just the, the crowd and the vibe. So, and Avalon is iconic, dude, you know, iconic, man. L.A. Yeah. is I want to know more about your perception on L.A. because I was actually born in Santa Monica. Oh, uh, not, not moved, a bad area to be born in. It's no, not a bad no, area at all. <laughs> I, I moved to the opposite uh, end of Santa Monica, Indianapolis, Indiana. So okay. <laughs> it was a little different for me, but my parents were going to UCLA and I still have a lot of friends out there and a lot of roots. And I love L.A. So do I. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's my awesome. second home. You know, it really is. So it's calling my name too, honestly, John. Maybe when you move out there officially too, I'll I'll tag along too. I'll sit shotgun. How's that? There sound? you go, man. 
Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, what's your kind of your perception on, you know, different cities in the United States? Let's just, you know, keep it within the U.S., Chicago, New York, L.A. What's been your perception of artists you've met, shows you've played, what you've heard about the scene? What's, what do you think are the biggest differences? Um, you know, I guess, you know, New York. Um, I met a, a lot of good people over there. Um, <laughs> one of the guys that I'm working with, um, he used to work at Arista. His name is Kerry Vance. Okay. Uh, he does a lot of stuff for promo only. You know, he helped discover the chain smokers over there in New Jersey area. Nice. Um, you know, those kind of people, man, they're good people out there. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, you know, every single part of your country is so different, man. You know, like Detroit is so pure techno. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and, you know, you got L.A., man, which, you know, is a lot of underground, but, you know, you can still get away with Progressive House over there. Yeah. Um, like Avalon, for instance, I, yeah. I played that over there. Miami. I love Miami a lot. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, played at Hyde a couple of times. Um, nice. You know, nice place to be. Um, you can get and a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in Europe because there's so many tourists that go into Miami that are from Europe. Yeah. So a lot of this, like you know, Zed, Calvin Harris, all that stuff. That's that's totally feasible over there. So yeah. you know, Chicago, man, I love it. It's just so tech house driven right now. So underground. And if you don't play tech house or underground, man, you know. A lot of people get mad or, you know, people are so like picky here in Chicago. And I think you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Chicagoans are so awesome, man. Midwestern people. I mean, again, I'm from the Midwest, but dude, <laughs> like now you can't even play Fisher over at a place called like Dragon Room, dude, you know? And two years ago, like he was so underground. And now if you go and play it saying, you know, what are you doing playing Fisher? Mm -hmm. You know, he's not underground anymore. So people are so picky here, you know? So yeah. You know, and then in Vegas, dude, it's just like, whatever. They just want to go party. They're drunk half the time, and it's all about, the, you know, the club scene and what they're showing and all that, and yeah. play what you want, you know? So you're right, dude. I'm glad you asked me the question. Every city is so different, man. I know. You know? That is that is the, the double-edged sword of the United States, right? It's like, it's one country, but each city and state really has a, a European divide, sort of, right? Like Absolutely. There's so many different types of vibes in the U.S., man, and I think you really did a perfect description of what you can get in each city. And, of course, there are amazing people in each, right? But yep. everybody who's from there or lives there is really proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think in L.A., man, I like it so much because everyone's so laid back, man, you know? Yeah, for sure. Everyone's so laid back, dude, and just chill. Even, like, the studio sessions I have, um, just so laid back and chill. And I fell asleep in a couple of them, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and mastering dude because it's just so laid back and chill and their vibe is just like whatever it's just not as fast paced as say new york or, or chicago or miami or anything like that man you know Absolutely. but yeah you're right a lot of different places and cities and totally different vibes man including <laughs> music and genre it's true and everybody asks that question gives a little bit of a different answer but um a question i really wanted to ask you and one i always love asking veterans like yourself you know, it's it's 2020 now, right? Like we went into a new decade. A lot's changed in the past 10 years. You know, especially you were talking about your influences from Chicago growing up here, you know, 2000s, 2010 to now. What do you think have been the biggest differences you've seen? And what do you expect is going to come the next decade? Um, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, ask some pretty good questions, man. I try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see um genres man i mean right now when i do see like a lot of genres 
I see a lot of freaking dubstep, man. It's just all crazy right now. Yeah. It's just like hardcore type stuff. Hardcore. That's really big right now. Um, mm -hmm. I see a lot. Right there next yeah. Though, man. Exactly, man. Yeah. So I see a lot of these live streams going on, and everyone's loving it. Even I check EDM Chicago, and all these kids are posting all this stuff, and it's just so mm -hmm. hardcore. Um, I honestly <laughs> like it sometimes, but, you know, I just can't listen to that stuff like driving along in the car, man. Um, you know <laughs> what I mean? Page. Yeah, no way. <laughs> um, so, like, I think that we're going to see a lot of this stuff that's going on right now tail out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um I think it's going to mellow out a little bit, a little bit more. Without um, the show aspect kind of in the world right now, you think? We'll yeah, be man. I really think that this whole vibe, like, um, you know, Anjuna Deep, um, it's been around for a while, man. Yeah. But I see that coming up pretty big in the future. Um, you know, Latrell is a really good artist on Anjuna oh, Deep. Love Latrell. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, that, more Lane 8, more Yato, a lot of these artists that, you know, have been underground in the underground scene for a while, I think they're going to start coming out, kind of like Fisher did with Tech House. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so a lot of these artists that have been so underground and not trying to care about commercial or what kids like, they just want to make music because they like good music. Yep. I think they're finally going to get recognized for the music that they're making and people are going to start listening more. And, you know, I just hate people who live life like sheep, you know? Like mm -hmm. what you like, man. Like, Don't like what you like because somebody else likes it, man. Like it for yourself, you yeah. know? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of this hardcore stuff, it's kind of like jumping on the bandwagon and people have done it for so long. But I just think people are going to eventually get recognized coming up in the years for what they love to do and how they do it and not having to change for anybody, you know? Absolutely, man. And, and that's what I always think about my brand. And I manage some other artists as well. And the biggest thing I say is like, look, you got to play the long game, man. Like, what are you going to do every single day that you love to like to make it happen in the future, right? Because there's so many artists that it doesn't happen right away for them. You know, someone no. as big as Diplo or Calvin Harris, right? Like if you look at their catalog and how they grew, yeah, they like change maybe type of music they make. I mean, look at Calvin Harris and Love Regenerator these days, right? Like yeah. he's been waiting to release that type of music for so long. Yeah, absolutely. But it's so important that whatever you do, put your time and effort in is something that you love. Yeah. You and have passion man you just gotta love what you do and and i'm not saying you know you know a lot of people say oh you're selling out or anything like here you know calvin harris sold out but he didn't really man he just no he didn't at all no yep. he's ma he's making what he still you know he's doing what he still loved I and mean, he's making his hits just because they blew up it's not his fault but he made those tracks before they even got big um yep. and now he's doing house stuff um so it's just like he's always been who he was man so you know in tiesto for instance yeah, I love Tiesto. Great guy. Everyone loves his older stuff, but he you do have to change as an artist, man, sometimes not sell out, but, you know, just make a little bit more um, dated, I should say, because, yeah. you know, a lot of people are not wanting the older stuff. It sounds too old. I mean, you can still do what you love, but just maybe change up who you are just a tad bit. Mm -hmm. Not saying, you know, you still got to be you. But just make music and, you know, experiment a little, man. You know, yeah. don't try to copy somebody. You be yourself. But, you know, still experiment, man. You know, and yeah. make yourself stand out a little bit. Absolutely. Like, it's it's perfectly fine to, you know, get influence and inspiration from people who are doing it. But you got to put your own spin on it. Yeah. And that's probably the best part about electronic music to me is 
it is those little things like sampling, right? It is those little things like sampling a kick drum from Umid Ozcon and then, you know, <laughs> taming it down a little bit to make it more of a, a tech house track, right? So it's, it's definitely my favorite part about the electronic music community is everybody can learn from each other, but it is still so possible to be unique. You look at somebody like AC Slater, right? Night Bass, he started that brand five years ago. In the past two years, it has blown up. In the past year, it has gone to another level, right? And his story on that is nobody wanted my shit at all, right? And it's yeah. kind of an interesting thing to what you're saying about careless and your own type of music, right? You wanted to go and change your own lane, and you wanted to carve a path for other people that you wanted to give opportunities to. And it's a two-way street in that regard. So I, I really love what you're doing with the record label, and you, you gave great answers to what's changed it's a lot a lot has changed and a lot yeah. has got changed too yeah absolutely it's just going to keep progressing progressing and who knows where it's going to take us in the next 10 years man but like at the end of the day just be you make some good music and be your own put something in it that you love and you know you'll be happy with that you know that's you know it'll eventually come just be patient because some a lot of these younger kids are not patient. They think they're going to be the next <laughs> Martin Garrix or somebody overnight, and it just yeah. doesn't happen like that. It does for some people, but these are like, you know, three percent of the music industry, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Lower than that, yeah. It's like the one. Yeah, maybe lower than three percent, but you know, just be patient, man, and just keep 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 grinding on it, man. And eventually it'll come. If your stuff is good enough, eventually it's going to get heard, and people are going to like it. You That's make good music, music sells itself. I love that. I was going to ask you, what would be your advice to your DJs and producers? And I feel like maybe it is that, right? Always stay true to who you are. Stay true to who you are. Make good music, man. And just, you know, don't be afraid. You know, people are afraid to release their stuff or they're not confident and say, hey, you know, they're going to spend a year on one track of mixing and mastering it. And, you know, <laughs> they're going to hear it the next day and be like, no, I need to fix it. Don't be afraid to release stuff, man. You know, experiment, you know, and if it's not good enough, don't have thick skin, man. You know, rejection is going to be there in the, in, in the record industry, man. But just take it for what it's worth, man. Don't change, you know, because mm. you're going to have, you know, you're going to send something off. You're going to send your song off to 10 different people. You're going to get 10 different opinions. Who do you listen to? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, listen man. to yourself, man. You know? Yeah, that's such a good point, John. That's such you. A well, last question. What's what's coming up for the rest of the year? You said you're working on some new music. You know, is there anything in, in the in the back pocket you're thinking about? What do you got to promote here, sir? Yeah. Um, Careless Dark tomorrow will have its very first release um, by Static Disco. Mm -hmm. Young, up-and-coming producer from, like I said, the UK. Um, great track. Um, be sure to check it out. Um, looking for, you know, some really good melodic, deep uh, house. So if you guys are interested, just send your... Um, Send your tracks, man. Demos at carelessdark.com. Okay. All melodic deep stuff. And we're really looking to build that up. And, uh, you know, that's what we got going on. And then I've got some new stuff coming out from Careless Records next month. And just go to carelessrecords.com for more information, man, or socials, man. We'll check, you know, we'll check you guys out. We get back to everybody, you know. You got time. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Everybody does now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no excuses from people anymore, right? Not at all. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, again, I just want to acknowledge you for all the success you've had, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. But it's because of guys like you that, you know, give, give like I said, are carving a path to people like me and other art company artists. So shout out to you, John. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
No problem, man. We'll, we'll have this out next week. But um, again, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Have a good day. Be safe. All right, brother. Peace. <laughs>